<laughs> this is the point where Eddie, uh, where Reggie puts something. 45, let's bleep that out. Boy. <laughs> and I'm just sitting here like, all right, well, you know, this is going to be, this is recorded. And this is something that we've been to add to the show. And Reggie just torches it. Uh, we're going to have to have some I, new I content. Really, I really didn't say anything wrong. I just, you know, people are yeah, sensitive. Lead it, lead it. People yes. are sensitive, so I'm going to go ahead and keep that edited out. But uh, what were we talking about? <laughs> oh, you said you wanted, <laughs> you said you wanted help on um, all teams. Well, yeah. I mean. Yes. <laughs> Okay. Let's this let's, is let's, rough. <laughs> this shit is rough today, man. Feel like I got to jump. Let's go ahead and help get into episode me, 30. Please <laughs> send send help right now. This is bad. God let's damn, let's get into episode 39. Episode 39. Yeah. yeah. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 39 of the Splash Cast, the ATL edition. I'm your co-host, Reggie. I'm your co-host, Norwood, and it should be called the We Got Stomped Out edition. Um, Woo! Boy, this whole weekend has just been bloody Sundays. Bloody for Atlanta teams, bloody for the NFL, just bloody, 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 bloody. But this is the ATL edition of the Splash Cast, where we talk about the Braves. We actually have some stuff to talk about today. The Falcons and the Hawks. And other than the Braves, it's been ugly. But it did end on a high note. And we'll get into it. It did end on a high note. And we also have uh, some nuggets, some rumors, some rumor, rumor alert, rumor alert, uh, dealing with the Falcons. With that being said, man, let's 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 go through these Braves, these Braves topics real quick. Uh, first topic, uh, they are still the champs. World Series champs. There's the most important topic, and the most important reason that we are here is to celebrate the the World Series champion, Atlanta Braves. My favorite team, Reggie's favorite team, your favorite team. And if it ain't, it is now. The Braves, it looked like they may have the longest reign to be world champions ever because the lockout is in full effect. We don't know 
what's going on with Freddie Freeman? We don't know who we're going to sign back from the World Series roster. Remember, we had all of those uh, sign sign uh, trades and signees at the All-Star deadline, at the trade deadline that turned our season around after Acuna got hurt. We do know Acuna is in the batting cages now. He is at full recovery, full recovery. So Acuna looks good. We, I believe we're going to have to extend Austin Riley and Freddie Freeman, but we just don't know what's going on because they're in the lockout. Why, why Norway is the, what, what are they negotiating? I don't follow the lockout. I don't know exactly what they want. I, I, to me, baseball, I mean, they got just about everything they want, man. Fully guaranteed contracts, half a billion dollar contracts, all this other stuff. What else could they want? Um, well, I did read at the post. They got a few, uh, I would say, requests. I would assume that they're not going to just uh, placate and give them all. I run down the list here real quick. Number one, they're looking for payroll floors. I didn't know that there was no payroll floor. So whatever your team is willing to take is kind of what. So it's like uh, a veteran minimum, like a veteran minimum type thing? Yes, but yes, but no. So what happens is, like, in the NBA, there is a payroll floor. Your team has, their salaries have to be X, Y, and Z. Apparently, mm-hmm. baseball doesn't have that. So they're looking for what they will consider a payroll floor. They're looking to revamp and change the luxury tax. Uh, they want to improve on revenue sharing. Uh, they want to raise the minimum player salary. Right now, it's like about a half a million dollars. And they want to take that up to a million dollars. That's, that's actually about, that's that, really good that's, player minimum salary. Hell yeah, and a million to play yeah. baseball. <laughs> I mean, but I mean that you got a lockout, and even if you don't get to a million, what if you get to three quarters Seven, of a million? You seven fifty. Yep. They're yeah. looking for arbit- arbitration changes. They want a weighted draft lottery. Uh, they want. I don't add know what more- that means. Uh, you don't have similar- to go in depth. You don't have to go in depth. I just don't know what a weighted <laughs> draft lottery is. I don't know what weighted. Uh, just well, just more of a a lottery like uh, basketball does. Oh, oh, oh! Like the number of ping pong balls type thing. Yes, correct. Okay, okay, okay. I got you. They want to expand the payoff uh, playoff field to fourteen teams. They want the universal more baseball. Uh, I don't agree with that. More playoff baseball. It's a lot of work for one hundred and eighty-two games, and then only four teams or was uh, like six teams make it to the playoffs. Um. It's it's as too as too many games in the regular season to then not even make the playoffs. I wonder how they do that. Do they shorten the season and then add more playoff games? I I I think that that will be effective because right now there are too many regular season games. Majority yeah, of baseball games nobody gives any cares about, and playoff baseball is still very interesting. So yeah, and you don't want to just add more games to a player season. I, I would see cutting some of the regular season and adding some to the to the playoff schedule because those games just matter more. Um, and of course, also same thing with scarcity. You have fewer regular season games; they're going to matter more. I think I Fair. think that, that I think that all of that in, increases the interest in baseball. Uh, I about to say that's to- it. Sounds like that, that that's all this is for. Well, of course, it's money for the players, but they're also trying to increase revenue for baseball i think they're looking at football and looking at basketball and like dude the nba is making 400 whatever billion dollars whatever they make a year and baseball is going in decline so yeah that's because you you got either eight or nine home games and that's it 
So people are going to come to those games. You got 1,800 million regular season baseball games. You're like, oh, no, I just I'll go whenever. Uh, <laughs> they want to eliminate the draft pick penalties for free agencies. I mean, for free agents. They also want to go to a seven inning uh, on double headers. Uh, for oh, they want to make that permanent. They want to make I that like permanent. that. I like that a lot. You know, it allows you to kind of catch up on games when you have these outbreaks and whatnot and play seven innings, the nine, nine innings. It's not needed. Uh, and then they also want pitch clocks just to move the game along a little bit faster. I just don't understand how you enforce that. Do you get like a delay a game? If you take too long, does like does the batter just take the base? I, I just I would need to know more, but I like it. Maybe it's like a uh I would do it like the three second violation in the paint. You get a warning or a legal defense, you get a warning and then you get a ball. No matter what it is, a ball. So mm. it's, that's what I would do. But you know, it does remain to be seen, or does remain to be seen. I but like I can't that. wait. I can't wait for this lockout to be over because we. Re- wow. I, whoa, I, whoa, 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 whoa! Slow down. Don't have a lockout. Let this be the last baseball championship of all time. Atlanta Braves. Close it up. Yeah, I, I mean that's fair. That's funny. That's fair for you to say. But I, I want Freddie Freeman to get what he deserves, and we need to go ahead and sign him, and not be foolish. So please, please, Braves, do what's right. You already didn't took him out of Atlanta and put him in uh, Cobb County. At least sign Freddie Freeman, a.k.a. Chipper Jones Jr. And just do what's in your best interest. Be selfish. It is 100% in your best interest to keep Freddie Freeman around. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I told you we had a Braves segment today. We can't even combine it with the, with the Falcons. We're going to leave this and stand on its own. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, we come to the end of the Brave segment. We are now going to get into our middle child, our middle child, the Falcons, a.k.a. the problem child, a.k.a. the ones we worry about the most. They let us down again. Stay tuned. Well, this has been the portion of the podcast. It's going to be fun. Everything from here, (laughs) I will be attempting not to cry in the car. Let's go. We're back, ladies and gentlemen. We are here to talk about our middle child, the Atlanta Falcons, or episode 39 of the Splash Cast, the ATL edition. <sighs> we are finally put out of our mis- misery. It is the end of the season, the end of week 18. It is over. The season kinda, from hell is over. I'm kind of happy. I'm not going to lie to you. It was sad. But it was actually the best possible scenario that could happen. Yes. In hindsight, we played pretty good and definitely better than what the roster should have. Today As a whole, was a rough, yes. Yes. Today was a rough loss, but I'm not going to lose the accomplishments of the season on one tough game. Yeah, man. Uh, Saints, hold Falcons. On, hold on. And not just one tough game. One tough, inconsequential game. For us, yes. For everybody. No, no, no. So the Saints played the Falcons, or the Aints, I'm sorry. The Aints played the Falcons. If the Aints had won and the 49ers lost, 
then the Aints would go to the playoffs. So the Aints came in motivated to play us. The Falcons had nothing on the line except for to beat the, our division rival and knock them out of the playoffs. Saints started out fast, man. Tamus came out wheeling and dealing. We was making Tamus look how? great. How? How? How do you? Because Sean Atlanta... Payton, Sean Payton outcoached Dean Pease this game. Atlanta teams will make the bummiest of bums into world beaters for one small portion of time, and then the rest of the world will somehow believe in these people. Yeah, yeah. So, so Taysom Hill uh, went out. He actually. He was leading the Saints. The Saints were up, I think, 10 nothing at one point. And uh, he ended up breaking his foot. He has a Liz Frank injury. Um, so they took him out and put in Trevor Simeon, who is the third-string quarterback. And they just proceeded to run the ball the entire game. Alvin Kamara had 30 carries for 146 yards. And the Saints' defense had – I think the Falcons ran – Three out of five plays in the third quarter were turnovers. 30 carries is 30 carries is a lion's share of work. That is a tough ass day. But but I mean, who you gonna rely on Trevor Simeon and Taysom Hill? No, 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 no. I agree with you, but that's a tough ass day at the office. I don't care what you say. Now that is the right approach because no, uh Tamus and Trevor, you can't trust either either one of them to do much of anything. Neither one of them did do much of anything. But that's a rough day for Alvin Kamara. But I guess if your season is on the line, playoffs on the line, you know, you figure it out tomorrow. That, that's what I was about to say. I was like, there, there was no, there, you had to leave it out on the field. There was no tomorrow unless you win. So, and it ain't no tomorrow. <laughs> so, Matt Ryan, and Matt Ryan was 20 of 33. He, I mean, if you talk about mediocre, this was it. But it, again, mid, mid, again, mid, mid, mid. mid. Again, you can't blame it all on Matt. We had no receivers. Russell Gage, nine catches for 126. That's how you know we ain't got no receivers. Russell Gage had nine catches for 126 yards. Kyle Pitts was hurt. Number three. Yeah. (laughs) Kyle Pitts was hurt. Uh, He played, but he was really ineffective. But that's not even the story of why our offense was so bad. The story of why our offense was so bad, even Cordero Patterson looked like he was nicked up. He, You know, he was trying to make it to the offseason. Here's the reason why the offense was so bad. Caleb McGarry is the worst pick in the Thomas Dimitrov era ever. All right, tackle. Caleb McGarry, if you remember, we had the second overall, I think the third or fourth overall pick in the second round. And we traded back up into the first round to pick Caleb McGarry out of Washington whose draft rating was a fifth-round rating. We traded back up to the 30th pick to get Caleb McGarry, whose arms are shorter than mine. Cam, uh, what's his name? Uh, plays number 94. Uh, anytime, anytime you bring up Dimitrov, just no bad news will be on the way. I, 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 Cam Jordan. Jordan for uh for has sacked Matt Ryan 23 times in his career. I feel like all of them came against Caleb McGarry. Caleb McGarry is atrocious. He is atrocious. He is what you call he looked like one of them senior citizen nurses that just help people get up when they fall. Because every time Matt Ryan, every time he turned around, Matt Ryan on his back. He just pick him up. <laughs> Come on up. Come on up. And Matt Ryan, oh, he's trying to run. 
But you can't, Caleb McGarry. You listen, Falcons. We need to go ahead and sub out everybody. I did not mean to get on this two minute rant, but if you saw Caleb McGarry play, you will wonder how he's in the league. Has he owned the practice squad? He has. We have to sign him for negative money. He's going to have to pay us to play. That's what we should do. That's that's his contract. You pay us to be relevant. And then Mike Davis, I was I was with you, bro. I was like, hey, come on back to Atlanta, Stevenson High School product, the Quadzilla, all of that stuff. That boy fumbled the ball so many times. Today, he, Today. he lost two fumbles, but he fumbled four times in one game. Four times, y'all. Four. Once again, these are all fumbles in game in a game that did not matter. But let me tell you, gather your things, my friend. You will not pass this way again. You will not be coming back to the Atlanta Falcons. I hope you enjoyed the time uh, that you were here. We appreciate the community service that you did. Please be safe and close and lock the door behind you. Man, they, I tweeted, follow the Splashcast Twitter. Follow the Splashcast Twitter. At underscore Splashcast on Twitter. I live tweeted the game today. I said they should pack up Caleb McGarry stuff in the second quarter and out by five him and go ahead and just send, have a car waiting. Don't even let him get in the shower. You can keep the jersey, keep the pads. They could be a memento to go in your man cave in the basement or wherever you keep your man cave because you know you got a big old ranch with a bunch of land. But you go ahead, put it somewhere as a souvenir for how trash you are. And you can go straight to the private jet and we will give you a plane ticket to anywhere else. Literally anywhere else. Anywhere on God's universe. You can go off the planet. I don't care. Just get off the team. Caleb McGarry can go. I'm sure you're a very nice human being. I wish you well in your endeavors after football. But for the Falcons, it ain't working. It ain't working. You should have left with Calvin Ridley. You should have left with Calvin Ridley. You should have oh, left no. with Calvin Ridley. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead and get into Calvin, man. Well, before we get that, I got we got a shout out for you, Aluakon. He finishes as the league leader and tackles this year, which is a good and a bad thing because that tells you that the offense that the off defense couldn't stop nobody because we have to tackle somebody 179 times. <laughs> uh, but it also shows that he has a wide range and I'm not surprised he played as well because he's in the contract year. So we got to pay him. Um, and the Falcons finished with the eighth overall pick. So while the Falcons finished with the eighth overall pick, we lost to the saints. The saints ended up not making the playoffs because the 49ers came back and knocked them out the playoffs. It was awesome. It was a cap to a terrible day that ended with a smile. Shout out to the 49ers today with that being said unless you got something to say let's get to some bullshit that is calvin ridley i've been waiting on him to get here the whole time everything else is all for now this uh, is, I, I, I am i'm gonna put myself on mute and i'm i'm gonna lean back here i'm gonna let reg do his thing momentarily let me, let me go to my source let me go to my source real quick let me go to my source so ladies and gentlemen ladies and gentlemen you know last time uh, when I said rumor alert, I think I, we put it out on the Splashcast. It's November episode 34. I said, hey, rumor alert. I heard a source told me that Calvin Ridley is not coming back this season. If you remember, there were a whole lot of articles, a whole lot of tweets, a whole lot of IG posts. When Calvin Ridley comes back, we had hope in the season. When he comes back, we're going to be good. We're one receiver away. And I was like, I don't think he's coming back, guys. 
you know, that whole mental health thing was real. And then I said, I hope it really is mental health because if it's not, it's some sucker shit. Sucker shit, sucker shit, sucker shit, right? Excuse my language. I'm cursing because it's some bullshit. That, so Calvin really did quit on the team. According to, this is a rumor alert from a, from a credible source. Not a source told me the other stuff, so this is credible. Calvin really did quit on the team. Apparently, the here's a rumor. The Falcons said that they are thinking about moving on from Matt Ryan. Calvin Ridley and Fowler are all gone. The Jets have two first-round picks, and the Eagles have three first-round picks and are in need of wide receivers. Ridley will probably they'll probably end up trading Ridley for first-round pick compensation. The real reason Ridley quit is because he had a spat with Arthur Smith. And instead of handling it, he decided to quit. There's also another rumor that added fuel to the fire. Whatever that spat was had to deal with his brother, who was cut from the Bears. And Riley, who's the Falcons needed receivers, why not sign Riley Ridley? I'm sure that has something to do with it, too. So instead of playing Calvin Ridley, and this is the sucker shit part, claimed the mental health and just quit on the team. Now... If that's true, not only is that some sucker shit, he also, there's another receiver coming out of Alabama named Jamison Williams. And we actually, if we trade Calvin Ridley, have the possibility of drafting Jamison Williams. I can guarantee you now, Arthur Blank, Terry Fontenot, we ain't drafting no more Alabama wide receivers. Why? Why? Julio left. Calvin Ridley quit. Why are we going to get Jamison Williams? burn me once shame on me burn me twice shame on you burn me three times as george bush said you burn me can't burn me again like you can't get screwed over again dog we are so we're now gonna look at the falcons are high on chris olave because jameson williams is from alabama calvin ridley i don't even care that you quit on the falcons Reggie said, "Fooby can't get fooled again." <laughs> <laughs> I don't even. I don't even care that you 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 quit on the Falcons. That's some sucker shit. It is, but I mean, the Falcons suck. You probably didn't like Matt Ryan. Whatever, whatever, whatever. To claim mental health in this day and age as an excuse that that can't be. That's that's immaturity. That's that's you ain't got enough cojones to just stand on your word to say I don't want to play and so you say mental health now of course the source brought up to me that if he had said anything else then he wouldn't have got his money and at the end of the day it's all about money because he was only getting paid like a million dollars this year because he's on his rookie contract but next year the team option is 11 million dollars so whoever we trade him to is going to have to pick up his team option no, would you can unmute yourself now. I'm not. I'm done uh, ranting. <laughs> um, okay, what, what, so, what do you What do you have to say before we go to what What do you get for Calvin Ridley? What do you have to say? First thing I want to say is mental health is very serious. We take it very serious. We would never disrespect that subject matter. Mm-hmm. Um, if it is true, which it does look like, he abused mental health. Uh, he he abused that that excuse as a way to get back at the team. I think that's, that's 
the lowest of low moves. Number one, that's very disrespectful to anybody who actually deals with mental health issues. And there's mm-hmm. so many people who do not get heard when they actually have these issues. If you have just a work at, an issue at work to use that as your cop out, that's lazy and disrespectful. Um, but if you do have mental health issues, again, get well soon. Absolutely, yes. But the arrow is pointing away from that as the truth. Brother. Yes, yes. And that's where the problem is, is that you've, you look like a person who's not a person of your word. Uh, this just looks lazy. And you don't look, this just looks bad. But I'm not even, I don't have the time, nor do I think him being there changes much of anything. I am 100% okay with moving on. Um, oh, you mean yeah. for next year? Because uh, yeah, this year, we definitely would have been okay. I, I, I've, I've already dealt with a person uh, before. I might, I might come with baggage of people faking injuries uh, when they're not happy. That is one of the PTSD parts of dealing with Urban Meyer. So I'm not going to, you know, spend a lot of time being upset about you faking injuries. I do hope that we trade you to the Jets and you spend the rest of your career there. Um, Uh, Yes, send him to Siberia. The Jets, uh, the Texans. uh, I think those those should be the two leading teams. The Jaguars. Uh, You can go back to Florida. The Jaguars. I think those are the teams that I'm looking to make deals with. They're also te- some of the worst teams in the NFL, so they actually should have good draft picks. This man, is exactly trade, man. Trade him to the USFL, dog. Send him to a whole nother league. Send him to and, the Arena Football League. And if, and if I'm Kyle Pitts, I'm probably putting hands on him when I see hands and feet. I'll be honest. Nah, if I'm Kyle Pitts. That's just all money for me. I'm now. The, I am now the number one option. There is nobody else here to give the ball to other than Kyle Pitts. Nobody. I just hope we don't Zach hurts him. Are we better than? But uh, emotional <laughs> breakdown. But so, do you think that they'll make a trade with the, the Jets and the Eagles? According to the to the birdie, the rumor alert are the leading teams because they have draft capital. But there is a dark horse team that. This is not part of the rumor. This is just my thoughts. A dark horse team that needs a receiver that's fond on Alabama receivers, but one, he's, you know, in a lot of trouble. The Raiders, the one team we're watching now, Raiders, they need another receiver. Calvin Ridley, pair him with Devontae Adams if Aaron Rodgers leaves. With Darren Waller? Yeah, I... That's the toughest part about that. That's the reason I don't want him to go to the Raiders. I don't want him to go anywhere where there's opportunity for him to be good in the future. <laughs> because, oh. I was, because I was rooting for him. You know, I, I was talking it trash cash at the beginning of the season. Like, hey, y'all better watch out. Calvin really is that dude. He's He was our number one when Julio didn't play. So yep. he does have the capability. That's the reason. Send him to the Jets or the Texans, please. And I want you to send him to the Texans only to find out that uh, Deshaun Watson, he can play in the NFL, just refuses to play for the Texans. That that would be best case scenario for me. Just let him oh, toil here. Cool. Good shit, good shit. The last part of the rumor alert, Arthur Smith wants Deshaun Watson. Arthur Blank is terrified of Deshaun Watson because, of course, with the whole Michael Vick thing, he doesn't want to deal with anything else. Terrified of Deshaun Watson because of everything he's got going on off the field. Arthur Smith wants Deshaun Watson. If that happens, 
and yeah. justice is served, then the, I, hey man, now you got some hope. Yeah, the most hope. I mean, Cal- I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if there would be a better quarterback to quarterback transition since Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. Nope. That would be fantastic. But Calvin Ridley, man, if you didn't want us, if you didn't want us, Calvin Ridley, if you didn't want to be here, you could have just said it. You didn't have to hide behind mental health. Reggie crazy as hell, man. (laughs) You didn't have to hide behind mental health. You could have just taken your time. Let it rock for me. You don't pay us no mind, you left. You didn't want to be us here no more. You didn't want to love us no more. You need us. We gave you space and time, Calvin. Your attitude was unpredictable, Calvin. This song was made for Calvin Ridley. We don't want to make you unhappy, Calvin. If you're happy, you're free to go on. Just man up, son. Just man up. What do we say to people that don't want to be here, Julio? Come on, Calvin. Julio. Julio had one touchdown this year, by the way. Calvin. Go ahead with somebody else, Julio. 26 catches on the year for 18 games. That's one point something catches a game. And I'm going to give you all the effect. I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to crescendo, decrescendo it out. That's how we feel it. About Cal, if you didn't want us, Calvin, you didn't have to talk to us. We didn't need you. I mean, we needed you, but you didn't want to be here. Hey, we needed you, and when we needed you, weren't there. If you weren't there, then if you don't want me, then don't don't talk to me. me. Go Go ahead ahead and free your entire self. Send you to Jacksonville, man. Jacksonville, Houston, Jets. Hey, whatever y'all got, y'all are the front runners. Let me tell you, send over your best packages. We will send you back <laughs> him. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. So we've come to the end of the Falcons segment, the end of the Falcons season. We will not be leading off with the Falcons anymore until probably draft time. Uh, wait, 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 hold up. Hold up. We did the end of Calvin Ridley's career with the Falcons. Um, let's, let's, let's not forget that on things that will be ending. Oh, <laughs> you think Calvin really career is the only one that's going to be gone? Let me take some Caleb McGarry out of here. Ooh, Calvin oh, Ridley out of here. I Isaiah had, Oliver how, out of here. I had that right uh, here on my list. <laughs> A lot of these guys would never come back. <laughs> Sharp is out of here. Mike hey, Davis is out of here. Uh, Harris, the set free safety out of here. Uh, what else y'all want to Fabian Monroe, Monroe, however you say it, out of here. We could keep going. I could go down the list. We, I could name, it would be easier to name people that are staying than people that are out of here. And apparently, Matt Ryan is actually staying because nobody wants to take on, because if we trade him or cut him, we still have 40 million, 40 plus million dollars in dead cap space that we have to pay. So if you're going to have to pay that, regardless, you might as well keep somebody. And there's nobody, regardless of whoever your favorite college team is, there is no good quarterback coming out this year. Not one. So uh, there will be a gift basket right at the at the door. It will have candy. It will have cookies. Um, we've ordered American Deli for all of you guys. 
You're going to get your last uh, 12 mild lemon pepper on your way out. Um, and we ask you never come back to the city of Atlanta. Don't come to visit. Don't come to hang out. Please don't think that we're going to have any of you guys actually be on our team next year. Um, never. You are not I, there. I, w- I would thank you, but I have nothing to thank you for. This has not been fun. This has not been great. Thank you see, see for right allowing after. us to have a team. See you right after never. <laughs> Goodbye and Godspeed. Let's get into the Hawks. Yes, yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. I had to go cool off, grab something to drink, you know, a little ginger ale after the Falcons got me hot earlier. But um, I hope you got I hope you got some more ginger ale over there. Because uh, <laughs> now we're talking about our youngest child of episode 39 of the Splashcast, the ATL edition. Uh, we're going to get into some Hawks news, man. It's been a rough week for the Hawks. This, this uh, Hawks finished up a west coast road trip uh we ended up not doing as well as we wanted to it is a problem uh but we did get some good news before we got back healthy so as most of you know the hawks had the largest roster in nba history at 27 players on the roster at one point because we had so many people in health and safety protocols because of covid or just injured, solid um, or Hill, injured, Hunter, or, Bogey, Cam, you know, Trey. all of those Trey, all yeah. those Capella, all of, we have so many players hurt in his health and safety protocols. I think at one point we had 14 players out, so we couldn't, and they wouldn't postpone our games for some reason. They would postpone everybody else's game, they didn't, they postponed they, one game for us. They hate us, they hate us. Yep, so. The uh, the Hawks are healthy, so we thought that we could, you know, get back to our winning ways because we had been what three and seven in our last ten games. I think we were we were so bad. Capella even at one point called out the defense of the Hawks, saying that most of the guys on the Hawks are worried about stats versus actually playing defense because you don't really get a lot of stats for defense. I feel like that was a shot at Trey. What about you? I feel like that was a direct shot at Trey. I think he pulled out his gun and said, hey, I'm shooting at you, my friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- this is something that I've been saying all season. There's no counting stats in defense. Uh, at this point, the majority of the NBA doesn't care about defense. You don't have to play defense at all to be an all-star, all-pro, et cetera. If you're not looking to be all defense, then there's not really a whole lot of incentive to play defense. And Clint's right. And he's probably frustrated because he doesn't only have to defend his guy, and there are a lot of good centers in the NBA, but he's also responsible for fixing the rest of the defense. And this is his second year in a row doing it. I'm he probably tired of doing everybody else's homework. And what's unfortunate is that the Hawks defense has gotten so much worse. The only person that has been better on defense than they were last year is John Collins on the whole team. It's not only John Collins. I don't really fault Cam because he's been inconsistent on th- his whole career. So you can't really count on him, and, per se, day in and day out. And he's not used to starting. And he's been hurt 
so much. He he hurt his ankle today against the Clippers. Like it's hard also, to, to do that. Also, he's the guy who's kind of responsible for playing the more high risk defense. He has mm-hmm. to kind of get in past lanes and try to steal the ball because we don't really have anybody else who does that. So he's going to be responsible for typically guarding our second best on ball, you know, our, the second best weapon on the opposite team. And he has to play a little bit more aggressively. And if you watch him play defense, he mostly plays pretty good defense. Uh, he just gambles a little bit, but I, I, I don't have too many issues with his defense, but Herder's defense, which was, was good in spots today, just hasn't been as good as it has been in the past. Bogey hasn't gotten away as much as he typically has. Clint Capella physically isn't there yet. And you can tell that he's not there yet. Uh, I'm not sure if he will get back to that, but we need him to get back to that. Onyeka Kongwu, we definitely expect him to turn, um, to step up. And John Collins has played very good defense this year. Like you said, he's the only guy who's actually improved on defense. And then we have Trey. Trey is asking and saying that we should play better defense. Uh, our effort is low. And once again, he's the worst defender on our team and looking to be the worst defender in the NBA for the third year. So the the Hawks played last week. We played the Blazers, the Kings, the Lakers, and the Clippers on this West Coast road trip, right? Correct. First game started out with the Blazers. The Hawks were shorthanded, and it showed. John Collins is out. Gallo was just now coming back. Uh, oh, he was out. out. He had a bunch of people out. Trey Young actually played a good game. Ish. Actually, actually played a good game. He had set the franchise record, uh, 56 points, 14 assists on 26 shots. Um, He actually played a decent game. He ended up kind of getting hurt the next game, uh, getting hurt that at the end of the game. He took a hard hit against Nurkic and uh, bruised his – kind of had like a slight bruise of the ribs. But offensively – Yeah, Nurkic, Nurkic gave him one right to the ribs. He he hit Trey hard, and Trey hit the ground hard. Yeah, it was loud. It was loud. And even though it was loud, even though, you know, Trey had 56 points, you know, Capella had, was 22 and 10 in 10 for 10 shooting. I, we get on Capella about missing the bunnies. He hit all the bunnies. The bench let us down. More of that. The yeah. bench and the defense let us down. The bench was 8 of 25 shooting. Uh, as a team, we shot 34% from three. So outside of trade, nobody else was really hitting any shots. We shot 50% from two. But our perimeter defense in this game but, was but you're so miss, you're, bad. you're missing the big point. What? No Dame, no CJ. That's what I was getting to. Our perimeter defense is so bad. The Blazers had no Dame, no CJ, and we still got torched. Now, Anthony and, and, and Fernie Simons is a yes. known – has was drafted because he's a known scorer. He was drafted really to take CJ McCollum's space, if you want to be honest. He was drafted to take CJ McCollum's place. He had 43-7, and seven, and he was playing inspired basketball because – you know, his grandfather had passed the night before. So he dedicated that game to his grandfather. So he wasn't going to miss too much of anything. But the, even with that said, it's okay for him to go for 43. It's not okay. But if Trey's going to go for 56, 
Anthony Simons going for 43, I'm not really too worried about. What I'm worried about is four out of the five Blazers starters had 21-plus points, and they shot 52% from two and 44% from three. When four out of five starters have 20-plus points, that's not on just Trey. That's on the entire defensive team. That's where I disagree with you. We have to cut. We got to cut the shit, man. We can't let these extra regular dudes come have phenomenal nights. If you want to say that you're one of the best point guards in the NBA, you cannot let Anthony Simons give you 43 points, my friend. That just doesn't put you in the same, put you in that category. Now, offensively, sure, you're that guy to a certain degree because you do get a lot of shots to get to get your production. But you let Eric Gordon give you 32 points. You let Ed Smith give you 18, 5, and 7. You let Anthony Simons give you 43, and then you let Avery Bradley cook you for another smooth 20-something the next game. These guys are not top-tier guys. These guys, Some of these guys ain't even mid-tier guys. Ish Smith is just not good. At a certain point, we have to be realistic. Can't let these bums beat you every night. And, and by now, I'm upset that nobody's offended. Now, if he can't go for 50, then he gets mad about that. But if somebody's torturing him, he's not offended by that. That that I am I'm frustrated. So as we'll agree to disagree. I do think the problem is he lets a lot of people go off. Uh but the the Hawks as a whole have allowed 130 points or more. Or maybe 120 points or more, I believe is the stat. No, I'm sorry, hundred yeah, hundred and twenty points or more eleven yeah. times. Yeah, other than the game that he didn't play and today. 120 points or more 11 times. We've lost every single one of those games. Every single one of the games we allow 120 points or more, we lose, which you should lose if you allow 30 points a quarter. Absolutely. So our defense is porous. Now, as you as we said before, there is a little bit of bail shot because we had played literally the Skyhawks scout team. So yes. There's a little bit of bail in that. But as a whole, you can't let all, like you said, all these players go for career. It's like there's a human torch on everybody's team. You get a career high. 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 Man, you ain't Oprah. You got it. At a certain point, th there has to be some accountability. All right. Well, y'all guys might cook y'all. But that dude who I got to guard. I can't go for that. I have more self-respect than that. And right now, our team looks disinterested. They don't look motivated. And they sure as hell don't have any level of accountability across the board. And the Kings. So the next game, we played the Kings. And we were still shorthanded. And we missing the same players. And we didn't have Trey. But we won the game. You know what I noticed in that game? DeLon Wright started. And everybody played defense. Everybody played defense. Um, it was an all-around team win. We ended up winning 108-102. And we, we outside of De'Aaron Fox, nobody else really went off in that game. We he held didn't really Kings go off. He shot a bunch of shots. I'm about to say, yeah, 38 and 8, I think. 38 and 5, 30 points, oh. 8 assists, 5 rebounds, something like that. But, he held, but we held the Kings to 40% shooting. And we held Buddy Hield to uh, – he was like two of eight from three-point land, I believe, or something crazy like that. 
So it was all around team win, and the defense was turned up a notch. And I would argue that right now, with everybody that's hurt, the Kings and the Blazers are on the same tier. They're the same team. Outside of Anthony, you got Anthony Simons, you have uh, De'Aaron Fox. So what's the difference? Kevin Werder came in with 25, 11, and 5. He played out of his mind in the starting lineup. Again, Kevin Werder is making the case that Bogey is expendable. Every, but nobody – okay, that is the difficult part about those guys. Cam, Hunter, Bogey, and Herter, they will all play good enough so that they all look like they should start until they start for a long period of time. Then they go back to looking like themselves. And you just like – and then you're just in this perpetual rabbit hole of, oh, that guy should start until he starts. And then you're like, oh, well, that guy should start. And they can – nobody can consistently just take the position like – point guard, power forward, and center. It's just yep. four guys in an ever-rotating loop. Yep. So in that game, Capella was 11 of 11. Gallo was 16 of 3. Reddish had 18 points. TLC had 14. And DeLon had 15, 4 and 4, and two steals and a block. So it was an all-around team effort in that game that we won. So now we're 1-1, one and one, right? We go to the Lakers. No Anthony Davis. What does that mean? They got LeBron playing center. To me, that's obvious what we do. We get John Collins back. We get Bogey back. We get we get healthy for this Lakers game. The Lakers blow us out. 134-118. Again, allow more than 120 points. We lose again. But that's not even the crazy part. I watched this whole game. I think you did too. I think you were at a bar and you watched it. I yes. watched the whole game. I watched the whole game. The first half, we were in it. First half, we were in it. Second half, we were playing. And then, again, our defense is just horrible. We allowed 134 points. Malik Monk goes for seven three-pointers. Avery Bradley gave Trey, Trey Young 21 points. Hey, Norwood. I think THT heard you too. THT oh, man, heard you. Yeah, one game. He gave us 21 points, dunked all over us, going crazy. You can hear everything that he wanted to hear, bro. I see you. LeBron sold us a bill of goods that you are good. You are, in fact, mid, the midiest of mids. I don't believe in you. And the Lakers had the valuation where they should have. You had the valuation high and did not sell. Now, you'd be lucky to. Why would you? What have you seen from THC that you believe that he's good? Other than LeBron told you that. In this game against I the just Hawks, told you, he gave the Hawks twenty-one. And everybody gives all. Everybody comes plays Atlanta gets a career high. So yeah, yeah, Smith looking like a world beater. So the problem I had with this game, Trey had twenty-five points on twenty-one shots. I'm not even mad at that. Fourteen assists. Trey started out in a really good rhythm, really, really, really good rhythm. 20, and he ended up with 25 points, 14 assists, nine rebounds, and nine turnovers. That's where I have a problem, the nine turnovers. And this is where Nor. this is the game that really made me look back and say, it looks like we regressed back to the Nate Hawks. Or not the Nate Hawks, the, uh, the Lloyd Pierce Hawks. Because the Lakers did what, all the teams did against us last year. Run pick and roll, just trap Trey. Trap Trey, and he can't do anything. 
They started trapping Trey. He implodes. There was a point in the game when we had cut, the Lakers had gone up by nine in the third quarter, and we ended up going on like a, a I'm sorry, they were by 15, 14. And we went on a 20, I'm sorry, they were 16. We went on a 21 to four run. And we got the lead all the way down to one point. And this is the part that I have a problem with Trey. This is why I ignore shots and I ignore stats and I have 56 points and all of that. Don't that is he can get 50, he can get 50 points in his sleep if he wanted to. What bothers me is his shot selection. So we are on a fast break. John Collins and Capella are going to work in the paint. They cannot stop us because they got LeBron playing the five. They can't stop us. Trey on a fast break. You got Capella and JC running the floor. Kevin Werder, I think, had like 13 points at halftime. Trey pulls up on the fast break, shoots a stupid long three, one of them logo threes, misses horribly, pouts. The ball is a long rebound. They get the ball back out because all our bigs have run the court. They get a fast break, score, hit a three. Trey then comes back, gets trapped, tries to do a behind-the-back pass, gets it stolen, this. gets it stolen. I do remember this. Uh, Two-point shot. Comes back, another turnover. So now we're down seven. Comes back, another turnover. Uh, uh, who went for the three? Was it Malik Monk? Malik Monk shoots the three. Uh, Nyeko Kung Wu. No, it was Melo. Melo shoots the three. Um, Yeko Kungu doesn't give him a chance to uh doesn't give him a chance to land. Carmelo hits the three, gets the and one, and it's a flagrant foul. So now we're he hits the free throw. So now we're down eleven. Hits the three free throws. Now we're down ten. They inbound the ball, back cut on Trey. Now we're down twelve. In one minute, we were going for, we were going for a chance to be down by one point. On a to down by break, 12. To down by 12 in one minute of four bad plays. And we never recovered. Ever, ever recovered. That's the problem I have with Trey Young. I think Trey is a top five point guard in the league. I think he has the ability, if he were to put in the work on defense, to be a top two point guard in the league. I think his pick and roll is wild crazy when it wants to be. I think we are... I think John Collins and him should sit down sometime soon and literally binge watch Carl Malone and John Stockton for yes. 10 hours straight and figure out how to do that. Cause you are literally the, this year, this generation's version of Carl Malone and John Stockton, if you wanted to be. Yeah. But John but, Stockton wasn't shooting. But Trey, you can't take, you can't make these five bad plays a game. It was the same against the Blazers. Five bad shots, bad plays, bad passes, and they be in a row. It's it's okay if you do a bad shot like once a quarter, twice a quarter. You know, I live with that. When you do five in a row and we go from – Trey will literally shoot you and pass you out the game. Yes. He'll shoot you and pass you in the game. But he'll shoot you and pass – and that's what's been happening. If you look at all of our losses, that has been what's happening, is that we're getting shot out the game. and we get blown out. LeBron, of course, slow played us the whole game. He really didn't have to do nothing. Malik Monk was shooting out of this world, and Melo was shooting out of this world. They I mean, beat wait, us. Wait, wait, wait. 
LeBron still gave us 32, 8, and 9. He so scored I wouldn't, 15 in the fourth quarter. I he wouldn't. Scored, I mean, he scored a lot in the fourth quarter. He What I was saying was he slow played us and then closed us out. Yes. When everybody else went cold, he closed us out. Uh, we had bad shot selection. We look, we don't look like we want to play. And I don't know what that is. Um, but you can't every year just fire your coach midseason and think that that's going to fix all of your mojo. So we got to figure out what's going on with this team and they got to do it fast. I think that somebody's going to get traded here in the next. I would assume by the time that we pod again, if we continue to play like this, they're going to have to trade somebody. Uh, Schlink has made it very uh, clear that it's his job to put a team out there that wins. And if he's not putting a team out there that's winning, then he's not doing his job. Um, we do also have to be careful because that dude is good. Who? It's Travis Slink. And if he feels like it ain't going to work here in Atlanta, I could see there being a myriad of places that want to pay him to fix well, their situation. The only problem I have with Travis Slink is that you put that out there. So out in the public is obvious. I think you could have worded it different because I think he put a lot of pressure on our team. And you can tell our team is playing with that black cloud over them, especially yes. in Trey. I don't know. You He doesn't even when he shoots the logo threes, he doesn't shoot them with confidence. No, you know, he shoots it. And then it, it's like, you know how, like, you know, you get in trouble for talking in school. And they call you to the principal's office for the same thing. You go and sit down. That's how he looks when he comes to the press conference after he shoots them terrible shots. And he just sit down. He's sitting like this, all uninterested. And the you know the first thing they're gonna ask you, especially dude from the athletic that you don't like. So now you at you at his mercy. You at the media Chris mercy. He about, he about to ask you like you, why you keep doing that at twenty two seconds? He shot that th- he shot a three against the Blazers with twenty two. I mean against they're, the Lakers with twenty two seconds left on the shot clock. Him, they gotta Cam, figure out and Bogey do all that. But they all three of them do it. Of uh, shooting them hundred shots a game ain't gonna like gonna get you to the All Star, but they're gonna look at you funny at the All Star game like bro, y'all look bad. Mm-hmm. And you just hear J- stats only. And JC against the Lakers had 21 and 8 on 47% shooting. JC was playing well. Cam only played 13 minutes. That's a problem because he played TLC 23. He was hurt, but I think they're also trying to preserve him, like you said, for a trade. And then Capella, man, after going so crazy. Uh, Well, this is. This is a running theme. You got to be able to hit bunnies, Capella. You can't miss so many layups. I think that they're a little concerned. I know that Gallo is because they asked him about it. Um, he says, you know, I want to play here, but that's a real reality. Uh, I think that there's a ton of uncertainty specifically around Gallo and Cam. Yeah. And then I think that kind of bleeds over into more worder than Bogey. I don't think that Bogey thinks he'll be traded, even though he could and probably should be traded, uh, especially after the way he played today. He probably won't be. Um, but I think the Herder also has a has a decent enough contract where if you're looking to be able to consolidate or get something kind of good, then you're probably looking at Gallo, a first-round pick, and then either Cam or Herder. The good thing is people are probably more interested in Cam, where Herder's probably a better asset. Cam just has so much upside. But you know me, I wouldn't even – I wouldn't trade Cam or Herder. I, Gallo and Bogey could be on the first thing smoking out of here. Uh, I, you know, Bogey is really streaky, which he is. 
Bogey is really streaky. And Gallo is he's a year older. And while he's still he's he's still giving you the same production on offense when he's healthy, defensively he's getting take just walked down to the rim every time. And that can't happen, man. That can't happen. But we finished out our road trip against the Clippers. And out of so we're now one and two going into the Clippers. A Clippers game, they don't have Kawhi, of course. They don't have um Paul George. So we should win this game. We don't. No, we but we it, it's now in our head that we are 100% a more competent team than that Clippers team they rolled out today and a more talented team. But we all knew going into it that the Hawks just don't have they don't have the confidence. They look beat before games. I don't I don't doesn't look like they're enjoying yeah, it doesn't look like they're enjoying playing basketball. It doesn't look like they're really there to win. And these are the worst games for us to play. An early morning that West Coast. Tip. That was an 11 yeah. o'clock tip today. On a long road trip. That, in hindsight, is a game you probably, in any other situation, you probably won more games, and you're not as worried about this one. This is a tough one today. But the way that they've played leading up to this is embarrassing. So out of these three losses, we ended up going one and three on the road trip. Out of the three losses, this is probably the best loss. If you if you could take anything from these games, it would be this game. Our defense from the starters was pretty good. We started out with a lot of defensive intensity. Um, we actually had the lead, and then we subbed in the bench. And the Clippers proceeded to torch us. Uh, Coffee, Amir Coffee has a career high. Another person has a career high. Twenty and I'm out every game. That you never will hear from again. No. Uh, Serge Ibaka in a year. <laughs> so, <laughs> you laughing? I'm for real. Serge Ibaka gave us 16. Of course, Reggie Jackson was going. Uh, Marcus Morris. So this game, I wouldn't necessarily put on Trey. I will say this is a played, joint we, loss. This is an embarrassment we, by the entire team. We play good defense. What frustrates me is Bogey had 15 in the first quarter, ended up with 19. Um, we have John, to figure we have to figure out how to ride the hot hand. I don't understand how we just don't let the guy who's cooking continuously cook until it's a, until there's a problem, unless it's Trey. Trey has mastered that, and I will say Gallo has mastered that. If Gallo is shooting, he's going to find a way to keep getting his shots. And that's another thing about John Collins. I don't know what you need to do but watch more bogey. I mean, not bogey, but more Gallo. When Gallo is feeling it, he's going to shoot it. He's going to He finds a way to get his shots, and he's not a ball handler. He's not a guard, but he finds a way that I'm going to get my shots if I'm hot. Yeah, John. In this game, you had 9.7 rebounds. You got taken to the cleaners by uh, Marcus Morris Sr. and Sergi Baca, 31 points. They, John, whenever John Collins, what I've noticed, whenever he has to sit and play somebody that's older, that got some man weight, can't deal with him. Sergi Baca, he couldn't deal with Serge. He couldn't deal with Marcus Morris. John Collins got dogged today. 
And this loss to me, because Cam Reddish only played three minutes, then he sprained his ankle. Uh, he came down on uh, Zubat's Again, ankle. Again today? Yeah, sprained his ankle today. And then Gallo was two or five. He didn't play much. But, you know, Trey was eight of 21 in, for 19 points. He had more shots than points. But you got to excuse that because John Collins gave you nine points. John looks so discombobulated today. Like, he and looks just totally out of it and discombobulated. And it's nine in the second half. He had zero in the first half. Three of nine shooting. John had hey. probably his worst game of the season. Hey, man, they are paying you $125 million. If I'm going to come down on Trey, we got to come yeah, down you, on you, John. You, you, got, you, you know, and you're right. I'd be, I'd be kicking Trey's ass. And if, if, if I can do it with Trey... John Collins today was embarrassing. You have to find a way. And this, I I blame on you. You are the leader of the team. You're the guy who gets this engine running. And your team doesn't look like they care about playing basketball. Now, we were missing Capella, but they didn't. I mean, but Zubak really didn't do nothing too crazy. Zubak had eight points. Capella don't have nothing to do with effort. There was no effort today. As far as, you know, they play, they got stops on defense, but never in this game did they look like they were trying to win the game. It was kind of difficult to watch. I, I feel like Trey was really, really frustrated. Okungwu played decently at 10 rebounds, but that was, he was the only person in double figure rebounds. Like we just got dominated. And I feel like Trey was really frustrated today. Nicholas Batum was given worder buckets. Like, Werder had 11, but he was one of six from three. One of six. Trey was one of six. Bogey was three of eight. So we were five of 20 from three. <laughs> I don't get it done. I don't get it done. Not from those guys. Those guys are our shooters. And then we know anytime TLC, TLC was not brought here to play 23 minutes a game. Anytime TLC is playing 23 minutes a game, we're probably going to lose. Not supposed to play that much. So this road he's, trip he's, one of four. He's like every other win we got inconsistent as hell. Some games he look like, you know what? He's right on the fringe of being like a legit player. And then you're like, oh, there you go, being yourself again. This shit frustrated, yeah. man. I just, it drives me nuts. So Travis Slink, man. Travis Slink is upset. He is unhappy with the defense. Um, he is ready to make some moves. But I like the way he put it. He was like, hey, my job is to put out there a team that wins. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing my part. Y'all guys ain't winning. So I have to do something different. And by I have to do something different, I have to trade somebody. And somebody going to be getting what they call the fuck soon. Um, I keep playing like this, man. And But we got to figure We have to figure out intrinsically how we get motivated. We don't need every year for us to start behind the eight ball and then have something magic happen in the middle of the season. That you can't count on that ever. You can't count on magic. You have to be self motivated. That's maturity to me, man. That's that's I want to be great. Yeah, I want. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go. John John Collins just said he wants to be a basketball genius. Basketball genius ain't gonna get no nine points, John. Seven six rebounds. That ain't gonna happen. He's gonna find a way. So, he needs. To, he has to find a way to get fifteen to eighteen shots tonight. That ain't Trey's fault no more. If you don't do it, then it's on you, man. Pick and pop, man. You need to study the pick and pop. 
because the teams are all the all the Clippers did was just in uh, props to Tyron Lue, one of the best defensive coaches in the league. Yeah, a lot of people make fun of him, all that stuff, but Tyron Lue is a very good defensive coach, and they just dropped against Trey. They said you you're not gonna throw the lob, and they would they put Zubac and they put uh um dang what's his name played uh I just Serge Ibaka. They put them on John, and that was it. And we didn't get any other help from anybody else. So if that's going to happen, John, when you and Nate, too, Nate, John, Nate, Trey, coaching staff, when they're dropping like that, John has a consistent, he has a consistent uh, jumper from the key. A consistent jumper from the elbow that he could hit all day, every day, that he could pump fake and get to the rim and throw it to a Kongwu or whatever. He's been better at passing. you got to be able to figure out how to get Trey Young to buy in to running the offense through the front court, especially when a team doesn't have but one or zero big men. Correct. Now, that is where I'm frustrated with. On the nights where the guards are bums, and if we play against a team with a defensive guard, then, yeah, we kind of got an advantage because Trey's offense is going to be better than that defensive guard. And the defensive guard is not going to be able to score any points. Mm-hmm. But on the nights where they have guards who can score, you got to slow them down. And then we have to play through. Yeah, if we're playing through teams with no bigs, we got to destroy their sorry-ass bigs. The only team we play like that, there's only one team that we play like that every game, and it's the Celtics. For some reason... When we play oh. the Celtics, John Collins going to get 30 and 20. And Capella's going to get 15 and 30. Every time. But anybody else, we ain't going to do that with. And I don't, I don't, I don't understand and, it. And the Celtics front court is so weak. It's non-existent. Yep. yep. So, but, but, you know, so we end that road trip one and three. Our next games, we have two home games and a road game. We actually have a back-to-back to end the three-game week next week we start off at home against a team help. that is surging in the Miami help. heat the Miami Please heat. Help. so we play Miami then we help play two Lord. days later we go to Miami and play them and then three the day after we play Miami in Miami we come back and play the Knicks who just throttled us on uh Christmas even though we were missing a whole lot of players you know- John Collins was out I'm excited about these games, even though they're tough games, is these are games that typically get us kind of riled up. It's always a little bit of spice with the heat. And then, of course, you know what the smoke is with the Knicks. Uh, I think that we need something right now. We need some type of pick-me-up. And hopefully uh, a couple spicy basketball games will reignite everybody's enthusiasm and we'll get back to looking like something like what the hell we used to look like. This It's disappointing right now because there's just – they don't give a shit. Well, there. Luckily, we have. Depending on how you look at it, because we are in a pandemic, um, we have three days in between today and the next game. So we don't play Miami until Wednesday. Then we don't play Miami again until Friday. Then we play New York Saturday. So we get four days rest. Four out of seven days we're off. These next games. So, what does that mean? That means that we could be healthy. We could be rested. We could run because we, we, 
We we didn't have a lot in the tank against the Clippers. And it's obvious no, we, we only scored yeah. we only scored 93 points. We didn't have a lot of the tank. And that's normally, especially with uh when Trey, when everybody's bad shooting, is normally on the end of a road trip or the back to the end of a back to back. That's that's fatigue. Hey, hold on. I want to say something else. We got hit by COVID pretty hard. And I think the majority of these guys had at least some symptoms. And this is the end of a road trip and it's a matinee game. Might just be tired. Yep. Might just, I just be tired, w- man. I just, I, even tired, I wish we just looked a little bit more like we cared. And, and Lou didn't even dress out. Now, I know that you don't, you probably don't, you don't dress Lou out for these games because he plays horribly in matinee game in the first place. Mm-hmm. And then even more specifically, an early game at the end of a road trip for a guy who's in his mid-30s. He might even have that in his contract where he doesn't play these games. It has to be. It has to be in his contract. But they did give a <laughs> funny little story. They gave him a tribute. <laughs> he was only there four years. I did see it. <laughs> he was there four years. But he won. Yeah, because he won uh, six man of the year, two or three of those years. Yeah. Okay. And he's and also remember, he's kind of the guy who turned around the culture. Him and Pat, Patrick Beverly were there with, before they had Kawhi. And PG, that team that made made it to the playoffs with nobody, that was that was what kind of set the precedent for them. They they owe a lot to Lou. Okay, just, okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> Reggie, disinterested. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. To 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 wrap up this Hawks segment and wrap up the ATL edition of the Splashcast episode thirty nine, we talked about Travis Slink unhappy with the defense. We've already said that Gallo and Cam, and probably another player, to me it sounds like almost everybody, could get traded, except for maybe Trey and John Collins. Everybody else in Capella. Everybody else can get traded. If there's one move, there's been a lot of rumors of us linked to players. If there's one move to make, what would it be that you would go? I'm going to pick two. And it's got to be either Jalen Brown, bring him back to Atlanta. I know you don't like this other move. I want Jeremy Grant. Uh, He's just an adult. He knows how to get his own shot. He plays defense. If I got to give up Gallo and Cam Reddish in the first, I probably do that for Jeremy Grant. I don't know how that, I guess I would probably send Hunter to the bench, but he also doesn't play. So, I can't be that upset about sending a guy who doesn't play to the bench. And I think that that's, you know, that immediately kind of squares up our defense. It gives us more scoring and he can shoot. Fair, fair. So my scenario is Jalen Brown. Um, I think you give up to me. I mean, I'm living in a world that's not going to happen. I give up Gallo. Bogey, a first round pick, maybe two. Four. What about a first Brown? and a second? Whatever. I feel more. I feel okay, more comfortable. We'll just say two picks. We'll just say two picks. The thing about that is, if you do that, that means you're going to start Jalen Brown, and you're still being a Werder and Cam off the bench, which doesn't really change your log jam at the wing. Because you're eventually going to start um, DeAndre Hunter again when he comes. He's supposed to be coming back. 
yeah. in the next week or two. I, I mean, it's not a log jam for anybody but Cam. I mean, and Cam and Hunter, I hope that, and I think that they, they're going to have to come in closer to about a herder contract. Just because of their availability. You think that Hunter specifically should be able to ask for more money, but he's so rarely available that it's gonna be difficult for him to demand that much money if you don't you can't sink a ton of money into him like I mean, it's a little bit of an extreme example example, but Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, no, you can give, do that. give you all that money and then you done for a season, big dog. No, we need you. Yeah, that's gonna be the biggest selling point. I mean, when he's in and he plays and he's healthy, he's he's a beast. But I mean, it's so rare. Much, he shut down Julius. So, but it's just everything else. You see, Marcus Mariota just ran the read option. No, you're a couple <laughs> plays ahead of me. Um, so either that, since you said two, I was thinking about this Ben Simmons trade proposal. No. The only thing about the trade proposal with Ben Simmons because of what they want back, you literally turn us into the 76ers. Like, how can Ben Simmons and Clint Capella play on the same? You have you go from having a whole lot of shooters to Briggs. Trey Young. <laughs> so Briggs. all you white Briggs. And I don't know if Trey Young knows how to not knows how to play without the ball in his hands. And I don't know if Ben Simmons knows how to play without the ball in his hands. So I well, don't we know, know Ben Simmons be... is useless without the ball in his hands. That <laughs> so unless you were to trade Hunter and Gallo and Cam to put Ben Simmons at the three. That and that's too much. That's giving up too much. You'd have to, you can't, you'd have to trade Gallo and Cam, and you have to keep Hunter, and you'd have to put Hunter on the bench, or you'd trade Bogey and Gallo and put Ben Simmons at the two. What's that look like? It looks like a whole lot of bricks. So I don't know about this Ben Simmons trade. I don't and know you, where you know else. the other the other issue is is you're gonna have the same issue you have with MB. So, with Capella, but times 10, where Embiid needs to be in the in the paint, but so does Ben need to be in the paint. Capella, Capella and, and Ben Simmons shot profile is the same. Could you imagine a pick and roll with Ben Simmons, John Collins, Capella at the rim, and Trey sitting at the three? Uh I like Cause, it. Cause Ben but, Ben getting downhill is almost as unstoppable. Not almost. He's probably a top five player getting downhill to the rim. You know, you got LeBron, you got Giannis. And then I don't. That really doesn't see. really matter though, because as long as you're standing in the paint, one of those guys can't be there. If number one, you camp a guy in the paint because two of these guys can only shoot in the paint, and then they can't be there at the same time. And if they're not in the paint, then one of those guys is completely useless. Either you're moving Capella out, which is he don't even shoot threes, and Ben don't shoot him either. They just both need to be in the same exact spot. It ain't gonna work. That's why it works with Collins, because Collins can actually step out there and shoot threes and mid-rangers. But Capella... If they would ever call those plays, they just kill David Carr, boy. They don't care about him. <laughs> <laughs> they 
But um, wow, we went. Uh, that's forty five minutes on the Hawks, man. But I, we were frustrated. We're frustrated right now. I'm sick of this fans. shit. <laughs> Norwood is sick of this shit. But hopefully they can turn it around, man. Hopefully they can turn it around. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed my little concert tribute to Calvin Ridley earlier. Uh, we talked about the Braves and the lockout that is way more in depth than I thought it was in Major League Baseball. And then we also talked about the Hawks. Hopefully the Hawks can can right the ship. Make sure you guys tune in. Uh, you saw Derek Carr get hit. Hopefully you guys tune in for the Around the League edition that will be out on Thursday. Uh, Norwood, if you don't have anything else, man, take us out. All right. Like he said, when you hear this, this will be Tuesday. That means the very next day it will be Wednesday. Splashcast 12-pack out. Be prepared. Be ready. And then Thursday we'll be right back in your ear with Around the League. And this is specifically important because me and Reggie have made a couple bets this weekend. And on top of that, there will be a national championship review. There will be somebody who will come back and be podcasting very happily. Somebody will be in the pits of despair and be heartbroken. And I'm praying and I'm hoping that I am not the person in the pit of despair uh, because I probably won't even show up. Uh, With that said, as always, number one, more black baseball. Number two, more black cowboys and cowgirls. Number three, send money to your local HBCU and also send a little bit of that money to the Hampton University, the greatest college in all of the land. Uh, with that said, you could have been anywhere else in the world. You came and kicked it with me and Reggie. We are eternally uh, grateful. Please always remember to like, subscribe, tell a friend, uh, copy and paste it into every one of your group chats, uh, interact with us on Instagram, Twitter, everything, and at least one of us will be live tweeting all the Atlanta games and most of the uh, national games as well. So please interact. Outside of that, you could have been anywhere else in the world. You came and kicked it with me and Reggie, and there's only one thing left to do now. Two things. Number one, cry because it's been a horrible day. And number two, let's hang hang out, out, man. Remember, like, subscribe, like, subscribe, rate us, review us. Uh, Follow us on all social media platforms. Uh, Love y'all. Drink some wine, man. It's a rough night. Y'all be safe. Get in the throat. Light a cake, yeah. Funnel cake. What is this? Vertebrae. 
Diamonds, Cartier, pockets back, overweight, cannabis, meditate, overseas, out of state, a lot of speed, no brush, low your fees, be the case, bit popping shit that it clean through, panoramic, my bitch got a 